It's Cofield and Company. No one, and I mean no one, is going to outwork this guy. The man has unstoppable energy. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Friday, 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 full conflict Friday. Sorry, can't do no conflict Friday. It's Cofield. It's Willie Ramirez. Ari is across the way in the Finley Toyota Studios. Three good hours on the way. Certainly lots to talk about. Crazy week around Las Vegas, around the country with the Raiders, and they're certainly not out of the news. We are going to see how much this all affects the Raiders in this game, which uh, I thought was a winnable game a couple weeks ago. At the Broncos, we're going to talk to a former Bronco in a little bit who does radio up in Denver. So we'll squeeze it all in to three hours. Let's do it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Oh, my God. So many rants. So many rants to get to today. Uh, And this isn't a brace debate where it's like, hey, you got to rant a minimum of six times. It's just one of those days where I think it's coming, Willie. First of all, we watched the Giants and the Dodgers last night. Yeah. I was rooting for the Dodgers. I have a Dodger fan in the house. You know, you got to kind of root for their teams as well. I'm a Dodger um, fan. So, long term. You know, Dodgers kind of act like the Yankees used to act. They try to win, they try to spend money. There's no limit, right? Yes. I was glad to see the Dodgers win, but the way the game ended Terrible. was awful. And it's a sign of a bigger problem in Major League Baseball. It was brutal. Uh, and I was at a local. Fan favorite for the Golden Knights, watching the Golden Knights when it all went down. Of course, every TV in the house is on the Golden Knights game, and so we're all on our phones watching the end of that game. Because anybody that was paying attention to baseball saw it was one to one. So we're all watching it, and then all of a sudden we saw what happened, and then you're seeing social media blow up, and everybody's searching. For, I mean, literally, when I say everybody, people that were around who I was hanging out with, they're all looking at the video, and it was, in a word, a disgrace. And I'm a Dodger fan. Yeah. It, it so was, even it was Dodger horrible. fans, or you know, even and I'm not a Dodger fan, but you know, wanted to see him beat the Giants. Uh, Wilmer Flores did not swing. I mean, that is the definition of a check swing. That's a disaster. It's embarrassing for baseball. But you know, this is this is a rudderless ship with Rob Manfred, and uh, he's got so many things he's got to fix. And this is a problem that he inherited from his his boy Bud Selig. Um, well, let's say first of all. There's got to be the ability to force an appeal. And maybe instant replay needs to be used in this case, right? On check swings. Uh, I tell you what, it would make them a lot easier to regulate because they're off an awful lot. And it's a hard call. But by the way, why is it the first baseman's call? Like the, like that angle on a, on a, on a check swing sucks. Uh, How can you even tell from, from first base? You can't see it. But every, you know, if you look at it, from a side view, which is right. the view, which frankly, none of the umpires really have a side view, then you can easily make the call. But instead, you got teams that 
you know, a lot of people felt, hey, this is bull crap already. You got them matched up in the division series instead of the championship series. You got teams that won 107 and 106 games, and it's decided like that. And you go into this, and the thing is, we went into this series. Baseball fans, even even probably non-Giants and Dodgers fans, went into this series saying this is the worst format. This is the worst. They're already angry that this is that we had yep. the, the, the teams with the two best records having to play in the divisional series rather than the championship series. So now you have it end that way, um, and we finally now have an umpire's call worse than Jim Joyce ruined Galarraga's no hitter because this just goes down. Yep. I mean. This is just it ended it ended the best team in baseball record wise it ended its season. And it doesn't have to be happening like this. There are remedies, but the ump union and like I said this is a problem that uh, Bobby Manfred inherited from Bud Selig, but we'll get into it more in the the Big 5 cuz I, I want to play some audio later on. The calls of that play are pretty amazing, but Dodgers move on, Giants are out. Pretty crappy way to end it. Uh, we got a lot of Friday night football around college football. We're going to hit a bunch of college football throughout the show, a little bit of UNLV, but some of the big games as well. We got a matchup in the Mountain West Conference with yeah. a very, I'll say two surprising teams. I still think San Diego State is very subpar quarterback, so the fact that they're winning. I would also look at their schedule and you know refrain from rotting up about their 5-0 start because um, the schedule does matter, right? Uh, but on the other side, San Jose State was expected to be a powerhouse once again. You know, hey, Brent Brennan has the program here. It's going to continue on that level. And they have struggled. Well, you know, one of the reasons they struggled, I thought Nick Nash, the backup, could be a starting quarterback. They just haven't been the same team with Nash. If you don't know San Jose State's roster, Nash is a guy who's six feet, you know, about 200 pounds. He's really a running back. He can throw the ball pretty decently. But he's not Starkle, who's got NFL arm talent. Well, we go into this game tonight. San Diego State's a 10-point favorite. We still don't know what the deal is with Nick Starkle. He's missed a couple of games. And Brent Brennan is one of many college football coaches who's like, yeah, I don't talk about injuries. And, you know, I'm starting to get to the point with the injury stuff. Can we stop? Can we stop? Because the other part of this is we're seeing all the sports, Willie, partnering up with gambling, sports gambling. There is going to be – there's guarantee within three years every conference will have an official sportsbook partner – and that is the point where there needs to be some disclosure here. I understand there's some strategy, but to me, this is childish. Is he playing? Is he not? Is he 80%? Is he 100%? These secrets, do you think for one second San Diego State ain't going to prep for both Nash and Starkle? And I get what, what is the notion by Brent Brennan? Well, they're going to have to split their time prepping instead of you know, concentrating on one guy because they'll know who the guy is. Yeah, Brennan needs I'm just to, so I'm so done with this. Brennan needs to focus more on, on shoring up it, uh, his team's turnovers because uh, in, in a, last week in the loss of Colorado State, they had three turnovers. It's It's been struggling in that department. And now, you know, they're going up, San, up against a San Diego State team that's somewhat going to be relishing in its new top 25 ranking. Yeah. Um, and it's going to want to solidify that. It's not going to want to look past it. Plus, it's in revenge mode. From last year, mm-hmm. San Jose State having that miraculous, incredible COVID truncated season run that ended up with the Mountain West Conference Championship, but they had lost seven straight to uh, the Aztecs in the series, and they beat them. So I don't know what it is you're strategizing with and keeping things a secret, but the bottom line is the Aztecs are going to show up in revenge mode, pissed off, and ready to defeat whoever you put on the field. And it's not going to matter. 
who who's at under center because you got other issues that you need to worry about in terms of what San Diego State is you know is has been good at. Um, they rank sixth in the nation in allowing 270.4 yards per game, tied for 23rd with a turnover margin of nearly one per game. So, you know, that defense has been sound. Uh, and given it's been sound against the competition it's played, but San Jose State's not much competition this year to speak yeah. of. San Diego State beat Utah, and Utah's a, you know, a solid Pac-12 team, down a little bit as well. But uh, ask Texer about what they've been, you know. Not great at quarterback and good defense and excellent running game, and we'll see what happens tonight. I took San Jose State plus to 10, uh, whether it's Nash or Starkle out there. I, I think I have a shot in that one. Uh, speaking of the foolishness with college football coaches and the secrets, all the secrets we're going to keep, um, I think Lincoln Riley should be a candidate for the Raiders job. He's not my top candidate. Uh, but right now I would say he's not qualified to work in the NFL because he's pulling the same crap in a way that Brennan is. Uh, so there was a report. You know, someone got a sneak view of practice during the week, Oklahoma practice, and Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler apparently at the time looked like Caleb Williams was with the ones, Rattler was with the twos. Oklahoma's going to play TCU. I bet you they have no expectation. They're not going to prep for Caleb Williams or Spencer Rattler. They're going to be completely confused by the mystery here. But anyway, uh, Lincoln Riley actually cut off media access for the rest of the week, which is bizarre because it was one outlet, one person who reported the who's playing with the ones, who's playing with the twos. So I'm not sure why everyone else is penalized. But that kind of stuff from Lincoln Riley, you can't be an NFL coach, brother. Sorry. You, you ain't wherever you stop, ain't Norman, Oklahoma. Yeah. There's gonna you have to you have to be accountable. Um, and especially in this day and age, and right now, what's going on with the Raiders? Yeah. People want full disclosure. So the secrets of the NFL in certain markets, well, most markets, got to stop. Well, it you know, I mean, to a degree, you, you, there's only certain amount of things you can hide. Of course, you know, when we're out there at the Raiders facility, it's you're watching stretching, and then you're watching about five, ten minutes of of, of uh, position drills and everything, and then you're off. So you really don't know who's working with whom. But you're right. right uh, you know, there there is going to be full disclosure. You're going to have injury reports. They're going to have to be. You know, every day we we receive something. Um, starting on was it Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We get we get the injury reports. And you know, with so injuries, we don't you don't know a lot of times. So yeah. you can't you can't speculate on a Tuesday how a guy's going to feel on a Friday. But this is one of those. Hey, they're they're just their co-starters going in. Let well, people let people watch the rest of the week. If you want to have a meeting with the person who you know snitched on you and got weird access from some freaking you know odd vantage point that you didn't expect them to be looking out a window in, that's that's a one-on-one deal and handle that like an adult. Instead, we go the childish route and like, everyone's banned. I don't know, man. It's uh, well now it's not it's, help, it's not helping that they, that we're getting Spencer Rattler's father involved. Yep. You know, because now when you do that, when all of a sudden here's the thing, you're not saying when, it's bad to, to ask. Him. Right? No, that's your job. Yeah, no, 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 no. As a media that's a member, sure, job. absolutely. Yeah. But here's the problem: when you cut the media off, all of a sudden you lend a hint that, oh, maybe there's an issue. Right. So, so, so I'm not going to let the media in because they're asking these questions, and now they're now we're going to start thinking you're seeing something. So, yeah, hey, you know what? If you cut us off, we're going to have to go a different route. And if you have those sources, you're going to ask them. So it's the little blips like this, which aren't gigantic stories, but they're stories, right? that are part of the football culture. And how did the whole John Gruden thing develop, right? Going back 10 years ago, it's the football culture. And you're talking about two organizations, right? Two organizations where guys were chatting with each other. You have this 650,000 email dump, which 
I guess they haven't had time to comb through all of it. They only found the stuff on on Gruden and uh, Bruce Allen specifically, and then Schefter a little bit. But that's how all of this develops. On the way back, let's get to, uh, you know, this story certainly has a lot more follow-up, right? I know you guys have been through the whole Gruden uh, ringer and the players were put through the ringer, but it's not done because now there's a bunch of people who are like, wait, John Gruden resigned. He walked away, so we're not going to hear from him. Uh, we we had the Raiders coaches speak. Like, they didn't want to have to do this. We had Derek Carr have to speak. We had other players have to speak. The new coach had to speak. Well, where are the leaders in all this? Where's Mark Davis? And beyond that, hey, Raj, $35 million a year. $35 million a year? And nothing from Raj the whole week? Where are you, Gradell? Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Respect and trust in this world are, are really, really difficult to achieve. And I think about all the people that were affected by those emails. Whether you're a person of color, whether you're a person, uh, you know, a gender, um, your sexual orientation, the people that were affected by those emails, that's who I'm thinking about. It's Cofield and Company. Trust is really, really hard to achieve in this world. All right? And people are really guarded because of emails like that. Kindness and lifting people up and respecting people you don't know, listening to people and learning about people, because I think what you'll discover is that we have so much more in common than not. Well, still the week of Gruden and his resignation slash firing by Mark, not Mark Davis, the NFL. Uh, on the way back, you hear, what, a league official there? Is that an, like an assistant to Roger Goodell? Uh, that certainly wasn't Goodell. It didn't sound like Goodell. Uh, no, that was Brandon Staley, an opposing coach in the AFC West, who I thought had some really good comments about why you know Gruden's words can be hurtful and the way we should be operating now in 2021. Where is that from Roger Goodell? Where is anything from Roger Goodell? So John Gruden is gone, right? And what you're going to hear on the show is what you think is what about ism? It ain't, okay? Because there's a lot of different stories here. There's the Gruden part of it, which I have my feelings on. There's the Redskins slash football team part of it, which I got my feelings on. And then there's the Mark Davis versus the league and the league versus the Raiders and Roger Goodell and the owners versus the Raiders. About six different stories. So do not mistake anything when we start talking about what's happened here as whataboutism, which if you don't know what that is, it's when someone gets in trouble and it's like, hey, what if you look through everyone's emails? They didn't. They're not going to anytime soon. Gruden got caught. All right. So don't worry about whataboutism. So that's not that's not what any of this is. We're covering a story that has lots of tentacles. And I thought what Stephen A. said on first take, because Stephen A. is all fired up about Mark Davis, right? I just mentioned five minutes ago before the break. Hey, Mark Davis hasn't spoken, just like Roger Goodell hasn't spoken. Um, now, the small thing that Davis did say was no comment. Talk to the league. Yep. And I think he said a lot in that statement. Here's Stephen A. Here's what his silence said. It wasn't exactly silence. He said, NFL, I have no comment. Ask have, the NFL. They, they have, have all the answers. All the answers. Yeah. Very glib, very sarcastic, relatively dismissive. That's what he's doing. You know what that said to me? They made me get rid of John Gruden, y'all. I didn't want to do it. Mm. He basically yeah. told yeah. on himself. Right. Mark Davis basically told himself. He didn't tell on himself. He just told the truth. They made me get rid of him. Talk to the league. 
Yep. And actually, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, Stephen A. was, you know, it's like, uh, thought he's some sort of copper. You know, he just solved a case. Like, no, Mark Davis in this case was pretty clear. It wasn't my call. Talk to the league. Yeah, the only thing wrong with Stephen A.'s comment and anybody else who keeps repeating that is they fail to say that that happened to one person, one person only, and that's our good friend Paul Gutierrez because I sat there and watched him about 20 yards away from me when he took that call, and he's the one that tweeted it out. And Mark Davis said what he said, and, you know, his silence, you can, anybody's going to interpret what his silence meant, but the bottom line is is that what his, his silence is louder than anything because he's yet to come in and do one anything with the with the media at at the facility the 3 days that or well, I was there 2 days the 3 days though Wednesday Thursday Friday since all, uh, you know since the facility's been back open and media's been allowed over there we thought we speculated if anything that he would walk in possibly introduce Rich Basaccia and just give a little bit of a the same maybe speech that he gave the team hey we're we're still we're still no. here we're in this together no. blah, 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 no. blah blah it was him Mayock Stood up and talked to the team, and then Bisaccia, and then the coordinators, and then the team captains. They all addressed the team, and they got back to work. And then when it came time to address the media, we got a we got a last second, you know, update alert. Mayock's gonna talk. We were all there, and then they practice, and then we got uh, Bisaccia and Carr and Waller and Crosby, but we didn't get Mark Davis. In any capacity. We saw him. I saw him when I tested for COVID, and he walked across the back of the lobby. He's like, Mark, 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 Mark. <laughs> Very stoic face. <laughs> and then my photographer tested about half an hour later, and he said he saw him leaving, saying saying hello to the employees that were in the front and getting in his Mini Cooper and leaving. He basically said, after seeing those emails and recognizing the things that he had said over a seven-year period, I still would have kept them if they would have let me. That's basically what Mark Davis is confessing to. Yeah. That's what it comes down to, y'all. That's yeah. what it comes down to. I don't, I don't know what, what Stephen A is. Like, he, he got caught. He confessed. Like, he, yeah, he didn't want to get rid of him, which is certainly worth examining. But right now, what Mark Davis is doing in my mind is a standoff with the NFL. Again, don't do not take this as whataboutism. This is this is another part of the story. This is the next chapter. This isn't whether Gruden should be gone or not. This is how it went down. And my guess is that Mark Gruden has had enough. Now he may be wrong in this case, but he is pissed off. Mark he Davis. Ha- What's that? Mark Davis. Mark Davis. What yeah. did I say? Mark Gruden. Mark Gruden. I'm combining everyone now, right? Maybe that's a good Freudian slip. They're the same guy, right? Same haircut. Uh, but Mark Davis is pissed off. The league lets other owners make their decisions. The league doesn't push around other owners, right? They, they, seem, they seem scared assless yeah. of Dan Snyder. They are freaked out by Kroenke. They gave the LA market to Kroenke because they're afraid of him. For some reason, they're not afraid of Mark Davis. And right, I'll tell you what, this is, an, this is a tenuous enough situation. They should be because I'll tell you, if Mark Davis wanted to come out and start spilling the beans about what's gone over the years— Right between him and the league and the Davis family and the league, um, he could tell a lot of stories. And I can't wait to see who's going to break first here and speak. Um, I think it should be Goodell. I think this is completely ridiculous that Goodell hasn't spoken on the topic. Uh, this wasn't a hey, the coach and the owner decided that a resignation was the best thing possible. The league pushed John Gruden to, re- to resign. All right, this is a league issue. Speak. The one thing that I have to wonder that the league is worried about 
is if Mark Davis decides to let the people know how long the league has actually had those emails. And we, we already know. They were made aware of the emails back in the, the summer in July, which yeah. that's a whole nother thing in this deal. If they're really so concerned about what John Gruden said, right, in going after you know multiple races and sexuality and genders, they had it since the middle of the summer. This was stuff that was introduced into a trial. They've had it. Why? Why now? Oh, now they're embarrassed. And why only those? And why only those? And where's yeah. the rest of the freaking football team investigation? Six hundred fifty thousand emails. No one else sent emails to Bruce Allen like that. Listen, folks. And who else are, was cc'd on those emails? There are dozens, if not hundreds, of John Gruden's around the league. Guys who think like that in administrations, coaching staffs, some players. Some you know folks who work in the front office, they're all over the league. And that's the problem that needs to be rooted out. But the NFL is just like, hey, whatever we can sweep up and sweep out the door the fastest, right? People are stupid. That's what they think. People are stupid. They'll forget in three days. We're not going to forget. Let's go. Speak on it. Let's fix these issues. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota. Running like a Toyota. They've got to focus on winning this football game. And as Derek Carr said, when you're on the football field, that's all you're thinking about. But, I mean, it does seem like they are mentally strong. And just history speaking, when there is a coaching change, which typically doesn't happen at this point in the season, there is a short-term bounce because this is where players say, we have to do this for one another because the leader, for whatever reason we had, is no longer here. And that's where the Raiders find themselves. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Yeah, I don't agree with Steve Weiss on that one. I think he's he's out. He's out on that one. Um, this is not your typical coaching change. This is a coaching change and an owner who wanted to stick by the coach, right? In Mark Davis. So I don't know what's going through the players' heads right now. Are they fired up to play the game? Are they annoyed with Mark Davis that he was going to keep Gruden around? There's so much at hand here, which, you know, it sucks for just fans of football, because we just wanted to break down what is going to be a good division rivalry game, but now i got to wonder about motivation and prep and focus on the side of the Raiders. Nick Ferguson played for the Broncos. He's familiar with this rivalry. He does radio in Denver. Nick is up with Steve and uh, Willie here in Las Vegas. How you doing, buddy? Steve and Willie, what's going on, guys? How you doing, Nick? Well... A whole lot, right? I mean, obviously, this has been a crazy week. I guess we'll start on the front end. I'm sure you guys have addressed this on your local shows in Denver. Uh, what did you think of the stuff that Gruden was emailing on a regular basis over the course of eight or nine years, and then uh, someone pushing John Gruden to resign? Well, the first way that I took it, guys, I mean, I just thought the comments were, were disingenuous. And as an African-American man, and I've gone through this in, in my life at some point, when someone makes comments about your physical features, that's personal. And when you look at DeMora Smith and what was happening with the lockout at that time, I mean, everyone was a little upset that it was taking both the Players Association and the owners so long to kind of get reach an agreement. But you don't attack a person personally. If you want to say, well, I question the leadership, that may be a problem. I get that. I'm with you. But when you go over to making homophobic racial slurs and then you say, well, that's not me, and then there's, there are more emails that come out, well, that's who you are. 
because my mom would always say, what happens in the dark eventually comes to light. And you can look at it as a day of reckoning. It's sad for the game of football. It's another black eye for the NFL, especially coming on the heels of what was taking place with Urban Meyer. And I know Urban Meyer had to be smiling from ear to (laughs) ear saying, thank you, John Gruden, because now no one's talking about me and everyone's talking about you. Ultimately, what do you think happened with Gruden? Do you think he got clarity and he's like, I I don't want to be a distraction? Do you think Davis got clarity? Or do you think the league came down on both of them and they're like, you're not coaching anymore? Was this league driven? Yeah, it was definitely league driven, especially after things surfaced about what Gruden may have said about Roger Goodell. Right, Right. Now you're attacking someone who is in charge of the league on behalf of the owners. So we know how this works. I mean, and, and, and I'll say that Gruden may not be the only person that may share those same thoughts, but at the same time, he was the one that was thrown to the wolves to say, listen, you guys want a guy? Here is a guy. You guys feast on him. And the conversation is so much dominated about Gruden and what he did the seven years and the 650,000 emails that no one's talking about the dysfunction that's going on in the, the Washington football team. Right. All, all of this started because of them. They had issues with the naming of the team. They have an FBI raiding the home of one of their head trainers. They have a sexual abuse and assault, uh, whatever you want to call it, sexual abuse charges or allegations against the organization. And, oh, by the way, during the investigation, we found emails from John Gruden. And we haven't heard anything else about Bruce Allen. We haven't heard anything else about Daniel Snyder. So it was one of those things when I look at this whole thing, for what it's worth, yes, it was wrong with what Gruden said. And talking about DeMar Smith, making homophobic remarks, all of that is wrong. But he's not the only one that's culpable. But now it's the Raiders organization, John Gruden and Mark Davis, that everyone's constantly talking about. But what happened to that team out in Washington? Yeah. Um, You mentioned in the middle of that, and we've been talking about Goodell in this whole thing. If you were called a puss and a homophobic slur, you make $35 million a year. One of the most famous football coaches' characters around the league the last 25 years just resigned. If you're Goodell, do you speak? Or you just let it play out? I'm, I'm like, I'm mystified that, wh- where is Roger Goodell? Well, if you are waiting for that, don't hold your breath. Yeah, right. Because you, you have to... That's right, because you have to allow this to kind of handle itself. Once again, going back to the idea of throwing someone to the wolves, not everyone, we're going to throw someone to the wolves because eventually Roger Goodell will have to speak. And at that point, maybe everyone will still be so upset about John Gruden, how dare he type of mentality that they're not going to ask any questions about the Washington football team. So you kind of let this play out over the weekend, and then maybe a week from now you speak because if he speaks now, the questions are going to be asked. Okay, we got Gruden, but what about Bruce Allen? And the fact that John Gruden had to feel comfortable with Bruce Allen to even make those comments. So who else is probably linked in those emails? Who else can we attach to this? What are the owners or front office staff may feel this way? But once again, you got the league trying to go in a different direction. Everything is about diversity and inclusion right now. And this is the thing that makes what John Gruden even worse is because now you're going against what the league has been trying to do, even though, as ever, I've heard people say, 
that Drew Gruden was, wasn't technically an employee of the NFL. Well, by default, you were because you were working on behalf of ESPN for the NFL calling their game. So this is just bigger than, you know, Coach Gruden because there are other individuals, if they have not done it now, but they're doing it right now as far as deleting those emails or anything that's in the cloud, they're trying to get all of it. Nick, i got to ask you, um, on a personal level, you played back in the late 90s, early 2000s. You played with the Jets 2000-2002. You came in just after Keyshawn. You played with the Broncos at the same time as John Lynch, who had a direct, obviously, tie with John Gruden. Keyshawn's been very boisterous since the first report came out in the Wall Street Journal, and then you know, saying, I've been telling you all along because he was painted as the bad guy in with their riff back then with the Buccaneers. Um, other people have come out since. When you played back then in the inner circle of, of the players, right, in, in your circle, I'm not sure how close you are with Keyshawn or if you know Keyshawn, but you did play with John Lynch. Had you know, And I don't want to get into hearsay either unless you know for sure. What can you tell us that you remember that the players talked about when they played for Gruden back then? Well, once again, I am familiar with the comments made by Keyshawn Johnson. And at the time, back then, you know, guys just spoke uh, about John Gruden being, you know, a top-notch coach, a player's coach, a guy who, you know, knew football in and out. He was a football guy through and through. And there wasn't anything that was negative that came out from the people that played in Tampa that, that I am aware of about John Gruden. Now, it, it, it wasn't until Keyshawn, obviously, people called him at the time, hey, this is just Keyshawn just being a diva when he was mentioning what he was saying. That's why he's been so adamant as of lately and animated. Like, I was telling you guys all of this, but everyone was just thinking that was just me being a prima donna. So that just tells you there's always two sides in any given locker room, right? Guys who are in favor of a coach, guys who may see things a little different. And that's the way I kind of look at it. But once again, guys, this was very surprising to all of us to hear this because when I thought of John Gruden myself, to me, it, it was a guy that, you know, I, I wanted to be around because of his football genius. I love the uh, fire football association that he would normally do on ESPN. That was great. That gave great insight as to what some of these top quarterback prospects were, were thinking about before they hit the league. So for me, as a football fan, right, as a football fan, it was so alarming to me, and it, just, it, was, just, it was kind of a big gut punch uh, for me, and I'm sad that this stuff can come out, but at the same time, I am happy because, once again, it's a day of reckoning. This is, this is different than what things were a year ago or two years ago, and I know everyone calls it cancel culture, but I don't call it cancel culture. You know, I call it consequence culture. You do something wrong that you have to pay for what you've done wrong. And if you're sincere about something that you do, you have to do something to rectify. And it just doesn't seem like, you know, that was something that Coach Gruden decided to do. So this is something that's damaging for all of us. You know, the the email co- or the, the report comes out in the Wall Street Journal and it's got disparaging remarks about a black man that represents the entire population of the National Football League, D. Smith. And it's, it, it, there's outrage, but then it's almost like there's a hush. And there was an eerie feeling in Allegiant Stadium, somewhat of a little bit of a, you know, just kind of, I don't know, I can't explain it, but it was, you could feel it. 
Okay, you could you could cut that with a knife that day. And then Monday the reports come out and then it's just an an avalanche. And then that's when the resignation, it's almost like his hand, uh, Mark Davis's hand was forced and Mark Davis uh, and uh, John Grude resigns. I asked Mike Mayock this Wednesday when he said, you know, on a final note before he opened the 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 the, the media room to questions that Carl Nass had been requested a day off. Very understandable. He's a population of one a community of one in that locker room, you know, off the homophobic um, comments from Gruden. But it wasn't until the misogynistic and homophobic remarks were made public that action was taken and everyone was seen to be in a nationwide outrage. As a black man, does it, is it bothersome to you? Do you think for the locker rooms of other NFL teams that it's bothersome that – just after that Friday report, okay, there was outrage, but there's also ask for forgiveness. I made a mistake. I'm not a racist. It's not until the other comments are made that there's outrage. Am I missing something here? And 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 I can't feel that from from your eyes or or, or black men's eyes or black women's eyes or you know black people. My I guess my question is 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 isn't isn't that wrong that that there wasn't outrage until the second and third categories were brought into this? Well, it does make you upset that things have to be pushed to that point uh, in order for something to be done. But if you talk to the average African-American person, minority that's been in a similar situation, they will tell you usually when they report something that's happening in the workplace, they are viewed in a very different light. They may be viewed as an angry black person. And it's not until something happens with another group that change actually takes place. That's where the level of frustration lies for a lot of us. But for me, the way I think about it, no matter how it happens, I'm just glad that it happened. So now we, are, we know certain people know who they are. So they can't hide behind the idea as though I'm not that type of person. And just to expose people for who they are, now we can go ahead and move along, hold those people accountable, and then go after the other individuals who have said similar things. So for me, I don't care how it happens, just by the fact that it does happen because it shouldn't happen to anyone who's a minority. It shouldn't happen to anyone who is from the LGBTQ community, right? Heck, it shouldn't happen to anyone who may be non-black. It just shouldn't happen to people, period. But this is, once again, a day of reckoning where now we all are held by a checks and balances system where we have to be knowledgeable, accountable, and we have to be better about who we are as people. And my mom always told me this, guys. If you don't have anything good to say about someone, don't say anything at all. So if you, if you subscribe to that, you would never have to worry about yourself being in a situation that John Gruden and others like him have found themselves. On the football field, Nick, are the Raiders going to have anything? They're going to fight? Well, my idea, because here in Denver, it's kind of the notion like, well, the, the Raiders are reeling right now. They're scrambling. They're, they're dealing with a house of cards, and they're in disarray. This is the perfect time to seek siege upon the Las Vegas Raiders. But I say I've been in locker rooms where we've had situations not like this, but it was something that galvanized us. And when you look at the Raiders, they've lost two games in a row after starting off 3-0. Then they have this happen. This is how you find out what you're made of 
as a team. This is where you make that hard pivot, and then when you, you're a team that's in the playoff or you, go, you make a deep playoff run, you say, well, this was a pivotal point that changed everything for us. Because when you look at that Raiders coaching staff, I mean, they, they have, like, coaches who've been in the game a long time. Edgar Bennett, I remember when he played at Florida State when I was growing up. Tom Cable, one of the better offensive line coaches in his league. You know, Richard Smith was the linebacker coach when I was with the Houston Texans. Gus Bradley, I mean, he's, he's been with the Chargers, Jacksonville, the system that Robert Sala runs with the Jets now. I was part of that system coaching for the 49ers. So this is a coaching staff that they, they know what it takes. Ron Myers, who was here in Denver, you know, coaching, you know, Chris Harris and guys like that. This is an experienced coaching staff. They know that they're going through a tough situation, but they're telling every guy in their room, this is the time. If there was ever a time for us to stand up, this is the time. And then to do it against one of your division rivals and to do it on the day that Mike Shanahan is going into the ring of fame, you know how big that would be for the, for the Raiders fans and their fan base, especially after what they had to deal with. So I'm telling people right now, this is not going to be a cakewalk. You may think it is, but it's not. Nick, thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks, Thank you, Nick. guys. Three six four eleven hundred. Caller seven right now. Three six four one one zero zero. Let's give away a Porta Subs tailgate tray. Six foot sub, all chopped up. You can get your own tailgate tray at uh, one of the twenty plus Porta Subs around Las Vegas. Uh, the winner. Three six four eleven hundred will also qualify to win a new Yeti cooler. Three six four one one zero zero. It's all brought to you by Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas.